Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Wednesday morning. It's February 21st, 2024. Great to be with you on a Wednesday and every day here at Catholic Connection. And it is a good day. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Weather-wise, we are going to be pretty nice today in southeastern Michigan anyway. We'll also have the national forecast for you. It is going to be a high of about 50 degrees. And the rest of February, at least that's what they're saying now here in southeastern Michigan, is going to be pleasant. Although I do feel badly for the ski resorts in northern Michigan. I'm sure it's been a tough winter for them. I know friends of ours who are skiers and saying that they haven't been able to get out much because of the uh, of the weather. So that's one bad part about it. Uh, the good news is though, we don't have to worry about any uh, bad roads and getting to and from work or school or wherever we need to be. So we'll give you a complete forecast coming up in just a few minutes. I do want to mention that today is the feast day of a wonderful saint from my Bella Italia, San Pietro Damiani or St. Peter Damian. A Benedictine monk, Bishop of Ostia, Italy. If you don't know where Ostia is, that is a really cool place to visit as well. It is outside of Rome. And, of course, St. Monica spent a lot of time there. And the ruins are amazing. They're not quite as large or dramatic as Pompeii because Pompeii is huge. But Ostia is certainly worth a visit if you are in Rome and looking to get out of the city and see something fascinating Go to Austria. It has a lot of Catholic connection, obviously. But he was a Benedictine monk, Bishop of Austria, Cardinal, and Doctor of the Church. And he was born in the year 1007 in northern Italy, Ravenna, Italy, which is south of Venice. And Ravenna, another tease Italy tip, is known for its amazing mosaics. So if you are heading to Italy and going to Venezia, it's worth the stop in Ravenna to see the famous mosaics. Now... St. Peter Damiani, famous for reforming the church in his day. He died in 1072. His relics were moved six times and finally rested in the chapel of St. Peter Damian in the Cathedral of Faenza. That's in the northeast region of Emilia Romano, Italy. He's the patron saint of Faenza. His feast day is today, February 21st, and he is known for reforming the church and especially the monastic life and stood up against People who were getting very weak and trying to send out some pretty bad messages, if you get my drift. He is another great saint for our day. San Pietro Damiani, pray for us. All right, coming up in the program today, I'm very excited that we're going to be catching up with W. Brad Wilcox. He has put out a new book, and he is talking about Get Married. And he's saying how important it is for people to get married and have families, and that the social science... Not coming at this from a religious perspective, brothers and sisters, but the social science shows that this is going to really rebuild the society. But not only that, it's where people are most fulfilled and most joyful and happy. This is what the research has showed us. So he's going to be joining us regarding his new book, Why Noting Married People Are Happier and Kids Do Better with Married Parents. Why is that so controversial? That was a recent article in the New York Post. So he puts out this information and he gets attacked for it. Why? Because it's reality. So he's going to be joining us at about uh, 835, 840. Really looking forward to talking with Maureen Ferguson. She's a senior fellow with the Catholic Association. She penned a terrific piece for, I think it was Newsweek, and all about online threats, cyberbullying. There's a new term now, cyberbullicide, suicide brought on by cyberbullying. Social media-fueled eating disorders, online sex torsion, being tricked into sending compromising photos of themselves, kids doing this to predators. All of these horrible things are on the rise for young kids more and more, and parents are asking the same question. Okay, since a lot of this happens on cell phones, when should I let my child have access to a phone as well as the Internet in terms of dangers that come with it, and how do I protect them? So Maureen is uh, mentioning this and explaining that uh, in her op-ed, the big tech CEOs know exactly what they're doing. And they, quite frankly, despite their pleas to Congress recently apologizing, oh, we're so sorry, we'll do better, they really don't give a hoot. And she'll explain why. Of course, you can follow the money, as they taught us in J school. She details the way she protects her own kids from the dangers of social media. 
And then she will also, of course, give us some ideas on how to protect our kids, grandkids, and just work with kids better in this. And then it's a Wednesday, so we wrap up with Joan Lewis, of course, our own Joni. Joan's Rome from the Vatican, and she joins us at 9.39. So that is the show for today. Bradford Wilcox, Maureen Ferguson, and Joan Lewis, looking at all the things happening in the culture that impact us here at Catholic Connection. All right, let's take a look at the weather. As I said, uh, pretty mild for Michigan, 35 right now, 59 degrees is our high, sunny skies. Tomorrow it's going to rain, but it is going to be warm for late February, 48 degrees. 44 on Friday and partly sunny. Moving into the weekend, Saturday is going to be temperatures more like normal, 34 degrees and sunny. All the way back up to 50 on Sunday, and then the temperatures keep going up next week. On the 26th of February, that's Monday, 51 and sunny. Tuesday, cloudy and rainy, but 59. 56 on Wednesday, more clouds and rain. And then the clouds continue until Friday. Thursday, cloudy and 41, so a little bit cooler. But then it jumps back up to 51 next Friday, which is March 1st, and partly sunny skies. So it's really interesting that we're getting these spring-like temperatures still in the middle of winter almost, so toward the end of winter, actually. So that's what it's looking like in southeastern Michigan. 35 degrees right now with a high of 59 expected. On the national weather scene, a storm off the Pacific Northwest, continuing low elevation rain and thunderstorms, mountain snow and gusty winds over much of the West Coast and parts of the Intermountain West into today for the rest of the day before tapering off this evening. Also dry, gusty winds will likely bring critical fire weather conditions to parts of New Mexico, Southeast Colorado, West Texas, and also uh, some other parts of the country. So that is the forecast for Michigan and for the national scene. If you're listening in the Great Lakes State or beyond, we're so glad you're tuned in to Ave Maria Radio. Check out all of our great work. You can find it online, AveMariaRadio.net. And I just wanted to uh, mention that we've got some great things coming up. I mentioned the La Dolce Fide tour that Deacon Dom and I are doing that is in late October to the Amalfi Coast and the Adriatic Coast. And we have that $250 per person discount if you register in the next few weeks. So please check that out. You can go to our travel page at Ave Maria Radio or find it on my event section at TeresaTamio.com. The link is there to the flyer. We have Wine and Shrine coming up before that. We also have the Grand Hotel Getaway, co-sponsored by Corporate Travel and Ave Maria Radio. Looking forward to that. It's a blast. This year it's going to be the end of July, July 22nd, two nights. But most people, what they do is they tag on either a day or two at the end or a few days before and visit other parts of northern lower Michigan, maybe going up to the UP for Tequamanon Falls or maybe hanging out on the Gold Coast and seeing the sand dunes or just going to some of the beautiful, lovely coastal towns there like Petoskey or Harbor Strings or Charlotte just so, so pretty wineries in the northern part of the state. It is a great way to see Michigan, the Pure Michigan Campaign. You can check that out. But we would love to see you on Mackinac Island. And you can obviously call Corporate Travel. That is on our website as well. I also have that on my website. But this is such a great getaway. It's called the Grand Getaway because it's held at the amazing Grand Hotel, which is a jewel of the Midwest and a very historic hotel. Many movies are filmed there and were filmed there, including Somewhere in Time. And when you go into the hotel, you see all sorts of beautiful, cool pictures from the movie. And there are also pictures from the movie scattered around the island. Key scenes, right? The love story. So anyhow, it's a great, it's not on the weekend, it's actually during the week, but we'd love to have you join us. Father John Mercado is going to be our spiritual director, Dr. Scott Hahn and his wife Kimberly, who are so dynamic together as well as separately, but they do a great job addressing marriage together. And then Father Josh Johnson, he's a vocation director for Baton Rouge. He also is a great contributor to all kinds of cool communication videos on the faith through Ascension Press. He's going to be there as well. It's just going to be a great time, and I do hope you can join us. And that's the Grand Hotel Getaway coming up in late July, and what a perfect time to be on Mackinac Island. If you've never been there, check it out. It's not Mackinac. It's Mackinac Island, and there's no cars. All you hear when you fall asleep are the clippity-clop of the horses going by or the waves from the Straits of Mackinac. It's very peaceful and very, very beautiful, and we'd love to have you join us. All right, let's get started. We have a lot of news to get through this morning. Oh, and talk about a frustrating story. You're not going to believe this one, but then again, maybe you will. I was just telling Andrew uh, before uh, we hit the airwaves this morning live. You know what's happening now in New York City today? 
those folks who basically desecrated the Cathedral of St. Patrick's in New York City are now having a press conference claiming that we're the ones who are unforgiving. And they want an apology for not having a funeral mass. I kid you not. But good for Cardinal Dolan who is standing up and very clearly saying, while we love everyone, we are a Catholic church and we have a right to respect our churches and to be true to our faith. And, of course, they don't like that. They want us to apologize because that means that we are giving in and we are also then affirming their lifestyle. So we pray for them. And, yes, we love all people, but we also have a right to defend our faith and the dignity of the human person, creating the image and likeness of God, male and female. Let's get started. 810 on a Wednesday. So glad you're listening to Ave Maria Radio. It's February 21st, 2024. Several pro-life scholars are pushing back on a recently published study, Catholic News Agency explains, that claims abortion pills are safe and effective when prescribed without an in-person meeting and distributed through the mail. Catholic News Agency telling us a reference study, which was published by pro-abortion academics in the peer-reviewed medical journal Natural Medicine. Now, pro-life scholars questioning the veracity of the findings, noting that it relies on self-reported survey results rather than actual concrete data and fails to account for the results of approximately a quarter of the women surveyed. In a statement to Catholic News Agency, Dr. Ingrid Scope, the Director of Medical Affairs at the Charlotte Lozier Institute and a board-certified OBGYN, also questioning the researcher's definition of a serious adverse event. She says she has treated women who, after receiving a chemical abortion, have required emergency surgery to remove a child's tissue or placenta Others have bled heavily for six to eight weeks but did not require a blood transfusion, and still others have contracted an interuterine infection that required medical care and could lead to future infertility. She goes on to say, according to these authors, my patient's experiences would not qualify as a serious adverse event. She added that it's extraordinary to see these serious complications dismissed and considered not worthy of discussion when I know these women felt otherwise. Catholic Vote, as we mentioned earlier, is now reporting that the organization Gays, Lesbians, Living a Transgender Society, or GLITS as they call themselves, announced yesterday they would hold a press conference today to request an explanation from St. Pat's Cathedral for what they described as cutting short the funeral mass service of a man who identified as a woman and called himself Cecilia Gentili. In a press release sent by way of email, Glitz stated its press conference will be held at noon today at City Hall Park, the organization saying it will demand a public apology for the painfully dismissive and exclusionary language the Catholic Cathedral used in a statement after the scandalous incident. Now, as Catholic Vote explains, during the service, those taking part, many of whom were flamboyantly dressed, repeatedly interrupted the priest and broke into loud offensive chants one reveler took to the podium to pray to, for access to so-called gender-affirming care or transitional surgeries, a cause the Catholic Church opposes. The organization also claims the initial plan for the funeral service included a mass, but that the cathedral changed the plan during the event. However, it's actually just the opposite of that. Father Gerald Murray, a canon lawyer and a pastor in New York City, and also, of course, a regular on EW Chan's World Over with Raymond Arroyo, explaining to Catholic Vote, the decision to switch from a mass to a funeral service was a pastoral decision to avoid further scandal. It was well justified by the offensive content of the words spoken by those involved. And Cardinal Timothy Dolan on Tuesday defending the administrators of the cathedral for their quick thinking in handling the unexpectedly disorderly funeral service last week. Dolan especially singled out the priest who decided at the last moment to refuse to say mass for the wild pro-LGBTQ crowd. The U.S. is vetoing a resolution at the U.N. calling for an intermediate ceasefire in Gaza. U.S. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield saying the resolution would negatively impact sensitive negotiations to free hostages held by Hamas. The deal being negotiated by the U.S., Israel, Egypt and Qatar would also pause fighting in the Gaza Strip for at least six weeks and allow humanitarian aid to enter the area. This comes as the Biden administration is facing increasing pressure from Democrats to rein in Israel's operation in Gaza as a number of civilian casualties continue to rise. 
Nearly all of coastal California is still under a flood watch through this morning. Here's meteorologist Angie Lessman. We're going to eventually, as the day goes on, see that rain for Southern California, even Central California, taper off. We will still see some of these scattered showers across portions of the northwestern United States, but that system will kick out to the Rockies, and that's where we'll see some additional snow through the day today. This comes a day after a huge storm dumped massive amounts of rain across Southern California, including four inches in Los Angeles, the biggest one-day total in 20 years. That system will start to head east over the coming days, bringing rain to the Four Corners region today. Sarah Bartlett tells us the U.S. Supreme Court will not be getting involved in the admissions at, at a Virginia school. The Supreme Court declined to hear a case related to the role of race in school admissions at the Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology in Alexandria. The nation's highest court refused to review whether a new admissions policy discriminates against Asian Americans. This comes months after the court ruled against affirmative action when it comes to college admissions. The school is one of the country's top-ranked high schools and does not consider standardized test scores to encourage diversity. Justices Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas publicly dissented. The Florida Senate expected to take up a social media ban for children today. The measure would prohibit anyone under the age of 16 from creating an account and require platforms to delete existing profiles run by minors. It was revamped by lawmakers last week to specify which platforms are being targeted. Governor Ron DeSantis has not publicly supported that legislation, saying it is to be determined whether he will sign it if it passes the state legislature. Meanwhile, state lawmakers in Maryland considering legislation that would restrict children from accessing online porn. Eleanor Kennelly with the National Center on Sexual Exploitation says the lack of regulation in the tech industry leaves children very vulnerable. All they want is to keep you engaged, engaged, engaged. And obscenity keeps people engaged. But the neurological evidence is clear. It harms the development of the young mind. The Maryland Online Child Protection Act would require safety settings that would automatically block obscene content on tablets, phones, and gaming devices that are marketed to minors. Supporters of the measure testified in Annapolis telling lawmakers that children are vulnerable to the lack of regulation in the tech industry. Adults over the age of 18 could disable the safety filters with mandatory age verification. A United Airlines flight diverted to Denver International Airport on Monday due to an issue with the plane's wing. Passengers on the flight from San Francisco to Boston say the plane began shaking and the pilot announced the plane's wing had minor damage. A flight safely landed at DIA and the FAA is now investigating the incident. Trey Thomas tells us Atlanta officials are trying to deal with the homeless problem at the country's busiest airport. The city council approved a plan to restrict access to Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport. But Councilman Byer Namus stresses it doesn't apply to everyone. No, you're not banned. Come on down, pick up grandma, pick, you know, put her back on the flight. Everyone is welcome that is, you know, transacting business at the airport. The move comes after growing complaints of homeless people in the terminals. Rules restricting access from late at night through the early morning hours could be extended 24-7 if the plan moves forward. U.S. household debt is now over $17 trillion, that according to the Federal Reserve. And with that being said, credit card users may want to shop around to find some better rates. But those retail credit cards from any particular retail location, those tend to be higher, upwards of 30 percent. That's Ryan Stewart of Iowa State University Extension Financial Counseling. With household debt rising and inflation and higher interest rates, he says credit card rates have shot up as well. He adds that bank cards may offer lower interest rates for those who are trying to get a control of their debt. Students and parents are having a tough go with the free application for federal student aid. Natalie Rodriguez has that story. Jack Wallace is Director of Governmental Relations at Why Verify. As of last week, only 5 million out of 18 million people expected to file for the FAFSA have filed, which is not a good thing. And what's more disturbing is only about 50% of the high school class of 2024 has filed for that. He says while the government made the application process for FAFSA simpler, they actually delayed it, causing problems. Usually the process begins in October, getting the data to schools in January, but they opened the process after New Year's. Now schools won't get data until March. This applies to receiving financial aid to help pay for college between July 1st of this year and June 30th of next. Fort Worth-based American Airlines is raising the fee for checking a bag by $5. A first bag for domestic flights will now cost 35 bucks if the flight is booked online or 40 bucks at the airport.
So this definitely can impact not only just the average consumer wallet, but it really hits home for families that are traveling with multiple bags. That was Going.com travel spokesperson Katie Nastro. The airlines say the cost of fuel is a big factor behind their increase. And finding our news segment at 8.20 on a busy Wednesday morning, February 21st, a feast of... uh, San Damiani, San Pietro Damiani, a dead satellite the size of a city bus is returning to Earth. ERS-2 was one of the European Space Agency's advanced observation satellites. Now, most of the satellite is set to burn up on reentry this morning. However, there's no clear prediction on where any remaining debris will land. When we come back on Catholic Connection on this Wednesday morning, I want to talk a little bit about what's happening in New York and how this incident, I believe, from a media perspective, is orchestrated to attack the church and to gain more attention for particular extremist causes on the left. We will be right back. It is a Wednesday morning. Coming up also, we'll talk about marriage with Brad Wilcox. In the second hour of the program, we're going to talk about smartphones, how to protect your kids from what's going on. We will also go to Rome to talk to our very own Joni to get the latest on the Pope and all things Holy See. That is our program for a Wednesday morning. Weather-wise, we've got about 35 degrees, a few clouds out there right now, going all the way up to 50 or higher today, and then pretty comfortable the rest of the week here in southeastern Michigan. Across the country, though, California is still getting clobbered with the rain, and that's going to continue at least through this morning local time. Stay tuned. More Catholic Connection coming your way on a Wednesday. Buying a home is a huge milestone for your family, but when you need a home loan, it's hard to know who to trust. Alliance Catholic Credit Union not only shares your values, but it was founded specifically to serve Catholics in the state of Michigan. For your home financing, choose an organization that supports the local Catholic community. Special offer on new mortgages through March 31st. 3% down with no PMI. Save money up front and in your monthly payment. Get started today at AllianceCatholic.com. Federally insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. Welcome to an Advanced Dentistry Center family. This is Dr. Metti and our team strives to treat you like family in a loving and compassionate way as we focus on serving you in a Christ-like manner. We do this by emphasizing prevention and general well-being for a lifetime. Our private practice is small, personal, state-of-the-art, and innovative with the goal to educate and motivate our patients in improving their oral health. It is through a partnership with you that you will achieve the goals for your smile. Advanced Dentistry is serious about the level of care we provide with attention to details and an exceptional level of care, skill, and judgment. We are thrilled for the opportunity to serve you. Dr. Matthew and the team invite you to visit them at AdvancedDentistryCenter.com or call them at 248-594-9592. That's 248-594-9592. AdvancedDentistryCenter.com. Ciao, my name is Antonio Ruggiero, and if you're in the mood for some real authentic Italian food, Antonio's is the place. We have awesome pizzas and calzones, and old school dishes like spaghetti carbonara alla buccelli, and polenta, and signature dishes like chicken Antonio that will bring your memories back to Italy. We have great authentic food, friendly service, and a wonderful atmosphere, all for a great price. So let our family cook for your family. Antonio's Cucina Italiana. From the archives, this this is the wisdom of Mother Angelica. You know, on many of you who have not been to confession for years, I'll make a bet that's on nothing. You're ashamed. There's nothing you could tell a priest you hasn't heard before. You don't want him to know who you are. Go to another city. Go to another state. Who's going to know who you are? God knows who you are. So all of these things that we're so afraid of, People's opinion. It doesn't mean anything. You know what our dear Lord said about other people's opinion? The opinion of men mean nothing to me. I always wondered how the liberals are going to interpret that inclusive language. They wouldn't dare say the opinion of women don't mean anything to me. It must be the opinions of people. Whatever it is, opinion made nothing to him. Why? For more about Mother Angelica, visit EWTNRC.com. Eight twenty-four. Welcome back, Catholic Connection, on a Wednesday morning. This program is co-produced by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. I really think the uh, 
folks at St. Pat's Cathedral handled this as, as best as they could. They did, were not given all the information necessary. They were not told uh, in terms of what was going on regarding this particular person that this man identified as a woman and was a transgender activist. They said they wanted a service and so they go there last week and basically instead of a service they made a mockery of the Catholic faith. It was extremely flamboyant. They used obscenities and horrible language. Uh, I don't even want to say what they said because this is a family show. And the church responded I think the best that they could. They put out a very very strong statement explaining what happened explaining that they were not informed and explaining that they had the right to protect the sacredness of the location and, of course, the fact that you know a funeral is supposed to respect those people that are being remembered. So here's what's happening today. Then we have a clip from the interview that Cardinal Dolan did on a local uh, radio show that he actually, it's on. I think it's on Sirius Satellite. He does a show uh, every week all about what's going on in the Archdiocese of New York. We've got that clip in just a second. So this is a, a very good story from uh, Catholic Vote following up on this. And there was a press release that went out that is now saying the um, LGBT activist group is demanding a public apology from St. Pat's Cathedral. So here's what happened. They were not upfront about what was going on and what would happen at the cathedral because they know that if that were the case, they would never gotten into St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. Okay, which is like an icon for Catholicism in this country. It is such a beautiful place. It's so important to not just the Archdiocese of New York, but to all of us and carries so much meaning for us in the history of Catholicism in this country. So they got themselves in and then they put on literally a show. Disrespectful, pushing for so-called gender-affirming care, and as I said, saying some pretty nasty stuff in the house of God. And there was quick thinking by the the priest involved. They were starting with a mass and they switched to a service because he recognized, even though he wasn't made aware right away in the beginning before he got in there, what was going on. And now they're demanding an apology. So here's what the loop has to say about this. You have a very good story, Catholic Vote, on this if you want to check it out, catholicvote.org. The organization Gays and Lesbians Living in a Transgender Society, Glitz, we had some of this in the news earlier, but I'm just repeating it for those just tuning in, announced that it would hold a press conference on Wednesday, February 21st, to, quote, request an explanation from St. Patrick's Cathedral for what they described as cutting short the funeral mass service of Cecilia Gentili. In a press release, they stated that the press conference will be held at noon at City Hall Park And the organization said it will demand a public apology for the painfully dismissive and exclusionary language the cathedral used in a statement after the incident. So see what they're doing here. We're the ones being dismissive. We're the ones being exclusionary. And yet they march into a cathedral knowing full well what they had in mind. They literally put on a show and called for all these different efforts to support the so-called transgender lifestyle, including what the secular media and those agenda-driven people call gender-affirming care, which is transitional surgeries, which we know now are very, very dangerous. So many people coming forward saying what happened to them. And the fact that the Catholic Church does not support that. The Catholic Church supports helping people if they have gender dysphoria, getting them the proper help to find out what's at the bottom of it, but does not support people thinking, even if they feel this way, that they're a man trapped in a woman's body or vice versa, that the answer is to destroy who they were made in the image of, in the image of God, male and female. So this was, and shame on them for using this person for this, by the way, They were using this person, this man who identified as a woman, as part of their cause to get attention. And they knew full well that the church wasn't going to accept this. And so then they decide to turn it back on us again and say, we're the bad people here. It's so typical of what the left does when they want to push their agenda down your throats. So as we previously reported, and again this is from the Catholic Vote article, on Thursday, February 15th, a crowd of LGBTQ activists holding a funeral for a man identifying as a woman, the name by which he identified, Cecilia Gentili, at historic St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. 
He was a transgender activist and former sex worker and self-professed atheist. The mob eulogized him and referred to him as just horrible names, but apparently they call these names terms of endearment. During the service, participants, many of them wearing extravagant drag, repeatedly interrupted the priest or broke into loud chants. One of them even took to the podium to pray for access to so-called gender-affirming health care. The founder of the event and the organizer in comments to the New York Times admitted to deceiving the cathedral, so they admitted it in writing in a quote to the New York Times. In the run-up to the gathering by keeping details about Gentili under wraps. So the church did not know with whom they were dealing. At the event, the cathedral issued a statement expressing outrage at having been deceived. The statement also assured concerned Catholics that a mass of reparation had been set at the cathedral at the uh, since the stunt desecrated it. It was a stunt. It was an absolute stunt. And now they're pulling another stunt today and saying that we're the ones who are mean and who don't care about people and we're really not inclusive. So, so proud of Cardinal Dolan and also Father Enrique, the pastor of St. Pat's Cathedral, for standing up lovingly but strongly and saying, no, this is not allowed. Yes, we love everyone, but we also love people enough to share the truth and we must respect who we are as Catholics. So here is a clip that Andrew found for me from the interview that Cardinal Dolan did. It's a weekly program he does on satellite radio with the Archdiocese and with the Archdiocese uh, radio personalities to keep people up to date on what's happening. This was just part of the interview. It was He talked about a number of things, but of course this issue came up. Take a listen. We didn't know the background. Uh, we don't do FBI checks on people right. who, who want to be buried. So anyway, then, of course, once the funeral started is when the trouble started because of the irreverence and the disrespect of the big crowd that was there. That is, was very, very sad. And uh, again, I applaud our priests who made a quick decision that, uh-oh, with behavior like this, we can't do a Mass. We'll do the, we'll do the Liturgy of the Word, which is the readings, and the uh, and the uh, sermon and the uh, prayers of petition and the Our Father, and then we'll stop it. The mass is not going to go on. Bravo for our cathedral people, uh, who do, who knew nothing about about this that was coming up. And then of course the uh, it, it got worse with the eulogies that were very irreverent and disrespectful. Oh, okay. So which kind of brings up a pat. So anyway, I think our cathedral <laughs> did well. We have a lot of uh, a lot of misunderstanding. Why in the world are people out there still believe what the secular press reports is beyond me? <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, you saw Father Salvo's excellent letter. I think that he mm-hmm. put out, sort of explaining pretty much what I did. We we didn't know this. Our policy at the cathedral is to be as open and welcoming of anybody who wants to be uh, buried from here and we had absolutely no idea about this but uh, uh, why people still think the cathedral purposely did that well a lot of people always Mm. want to believe the worst and they don't like us any more than the protesters did in the uh, cathedral but who knows well can you explain uh, what a massive reparation is that's kind of like a let's get back to where we believe we should be in in a bit in a way it's redundant because every yeah. mass, yeah. every mass is the renewal of the infinitely powerful act of reparation that Jesus did on the cross. Correct? Mm-hmm. He's the one that made reparation. We can't do much. All we can do is unite with him on his cross in his uh, right. in right. his sacred uh, act of reparation. There is a a, a bit of a uh, an arrow in the quiver of the church's treasury of prayer that if a particularly sacrilegious or scandalous act has occurred in a church. It would be good to offer a mass, uh, in particular reparation for that act okay. of uh, of irreverence. So we did that. We did so that. So that's what that people was have heard about. To do. Right, okay. yeah. yeah. So yeah. That is Thanks Cardinal Dolan being interviewed on satellite radio yesterday, a weekly program he does with the Archdiocese to talk about what's happening and very calmly and lovingly explain the situation. They were not informed. They responded because the church was not being respected. Uh, nor actually, if you think about it, was the person that they were supposedly honoring. They basically used this person to get into the church and make a big show 
And because the church responded, the cardinal, obviously, his eminence, Cardinal Dolan, and the pastor of the parish, putting out a letter and saying that they had a massive reparation, that's not good enough. They want complete submission to what they believe. And isn't it interesting? They don't like what we believe. And look, people are free. We have free will. And nobody is forcing you to come into the church. We would love, right? Jesus wants all men and women to be saved. And we want people to come and to discover the beauty of the Catholic faith and the beauty of a relationship with the Lord. But we all know if we read scripture and we read the teachings of the church, we can't do what we want. We can't remain in sin. We have to constantly try to improve ourselves and admit that, okay, if we've been against the church teachings and we need to change. I mean, this is just basic Christianity, basic Catholicism. But I really think at the end of the day, in addition to this whole thing, right, being planned out and being a big PR stunt to get attention and to attack the Catholic Church again, why are they so interested in the Catholic Church? As I said, we would love for people to seriously think about coming into this beautiful faith of ours. But why is that so important to them to get us on their side? I pray that deep down it is because they understand what the church is, that the church is the church that goes back over 2,000 years and was founded by God himself, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And maybe deep down in their heart of hearts they know this subconsciously. And so maybe in some way the Holy Spirit is working on them, that they want our affirmation and demand to have it. Because again, we would love for them to come into the faith or come back to the church. But there comes a responsibility with that for all of us, regardless of where we've been and what we've done. The rules are the same for everybody. We believe that God created us, male and female, in his image and likeness. And we can't go against that. That's who we are. The Imago Dei, made in his image. All of us are made in his image. We're not forcing anyone to leave their lifestyle. God gives us free will. We know what's best for them based on the teachings of the church and who we are. But people are free to choose. So when you get into conversations today, and you probably will, because I'm sure this will be all over the news because they're having this press conference, remember to ask questions and remain calm. And I would really recommend checking out this article on the loop in Catholic Vote, and also Catholic News Agency has some great reports on this. So does the uh, Archdiocese of New York on their news outlets. And to get the information and to remind people that the family or those who were organizing this service or mass for this, for this man who identified as a woman admitted to the New York Times that they deceived the church. And if you're entering into, into a discussion about this, remain calm and say, so what do you think about the fact that uh, those involved in this funeral admitted to lying to the church? And what do you think about the fact that they were referring to this person by horrible names. They were standing up. They were demanding this and demanding that. And they were making a show out of something that's supposed to be reverent because someone has died. Is that okay with you? And how would you feel if that happened at your church? I think we have to ask questions, remain calm, and remind people of what really happened here versus what the media and these activists want us to believe. Stay calm, stay loving, but as Cardinal Dolan did, don't be afraid to speak the truth in love. It's a great example of how we need to handle this and other incidents which we know are bound to happen sooner or later. We'll be right back. Light of the East, weekends on Ave Maria Radio. I am Father Thomas Loya. This week on Ave Maria, behold, the church is covered with a heavenly garment by the icons, thus preserving the true faith. May those who do not believe this be covered with shame. Now on Ave Maria Radio's newest FM stations, 105.5 FM in Southfield and 107.9 FM in Ann Arbor. This week on Christ is the Answer, it's the season of Lent, and Father John wants to help us prepare for Easter. It's only been about a week into Lent, but have you stuck to your goals of fasting and prayer, or have you hit that spiritual roadblock? It's not too late. The church has so many faithful ways for us to traverse this season of penance. 
So if you need encouragement, join us again this week as Father John helps us get the most out of Lent. Tune in for Christ is the Answer, Monday through Fridays at 11 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. When I heard other business owners say they finally found someone in the credit card industry they can trust, I wondered how he could help me. So when Mark from Schistler CPC offered to show me where all the money goes for credit card processing with a free analysis of my business, I jumped on it. He reviewed how the industry works, where we could save, and offered a no-contract guarantee on savings and excellent customer service. I'm saving thousands of dollars a year. Schistler CPC. Trust in them. More information available on the Ave Maria website under Sponsor Business Directory. Resetting your password. Unsubscribing from emails. Printing anything. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with an auto owner's insurance independent agent, getting the right coverage for your business doesn't have to be one of them. So you can get back to more important things, like learning how that printer works. That's simple human sense. Call Choice Insurance Agency at 734-641-4200. Interesting piece in the New York Post recently. Why is noting married people are happier and kids do better with married parents so controversial? And I thought it was an excellent piece and it focused on a new book by our friend Brad Wilcox. And he's with us this morning. He is the professor and director of the National Marriage Project at the University of Virginia and the author of the new book, Get Married. And he lays out in the book and in much of his research over the years the benefits of marriage and family and what that means to people. And it's not coming at it from a religious perspective. It really is what the research has said over the years. Brad, great to talk to you again. So let's talk first of all about putting this book together. I imagine that it took a lot of work, but there is a lot of research out there to really support getting married, correct? Yeah, Teresa, we're just seeing more and more evidence not by by the day. Uh, there was a, a study in Chicago. Oops, Brad, we're losing you. I think we're going to have to uh, take a quick commercial break and bring you back on. Um, we're just going to have to. Are you there? Because I can't hear you very well. Uh, yes, I am here. Oh, okay, there you go. Okay, gotcha. We lost you for a second. Okay, so pick up. You were talking about a recent study that came out. Yeah, I was saying there's a recent study from Chicago telling us the number one factor explaining why happiness is falling in America is that fewer and fewer Americans are tying the knot. So that's just kind of one of the, and there's another Gallup study kind of coming to a roughly similar conclusion, talking about happiness or well-being driven most by marriage, not by things like education and money. So a lot of Americans are under the misimpression that life's about money or work or, you know, schooling. But what we see in the data is that the number one predictor of happiness is either marriage oftentimes or especially a good marriage. What's so interesting about this is I I can attest to this because my husband and I have been married just over 40 years, and uh, we thought when we got married, even though we got married in the Catholic Church, we really didn't think we we had to do much work after that, and we found very quickly that our focus was wrong because we were focusing on just what you mentioned, money and success and career, and pretty soon things started to unravel, and we're like, well, what's going on? The world is telling us one thing, and, and why aren't we happy, and why are we fighting so much? So you would think after a while that people would, would get a clue, but what it seems like they're so insistent in general on pushing back against what not only the research says, but if you look at personal experience, there's so many studies out there, Brad, showing how unhappy people are. Yeah, I mean, as I, as I kind of argue in the book, we are hardwired to connect, and yet there's so many forces out there that are basically pushing us to be, you know, disconnected. And I think, obviously, most recently, it's sort of smartphones and social media, but there are these other factors that we just touched on, too, in the way in which our culture tends to kind of prioritize consumerism or careerism. And these are things, too, that really lead us to disconnect from our spouses and often from our children. So. Um, we're just kind of facing an uphill battle right now in recognizing and realizing that that which is most important is often that which is closest to us, and that sort of the products of a you know of our colleagues at work or some random people on the internet are, are not that important. So in terms of your book, what does it show about the impact marriage has? Let's start with not only the couples. You mentioned that already in terms of the happiness factor. But what about children? What impact does it have on children? Well, in looking at the data on 
marriage and kids, I mean, there's just tons of research showing that kids are more likely to flourish when they're raised by their unmarried parents. You know, they are, for instance, uh, much less likely to be sad, much more likely to be steering clear of drugs and alcohol. But I think the most striking finding for me in this research for the book was that I found that young men who are raised apart from an intact married family, you know, apart from their married dad especially, um, were more likely to end up in jail or in prison than they were to graduate from college. And by contrast, young men raised by their own <clears throat> parents and their own uh, intact uh, biological home were about four times more likely to graduate from college than they were to spend time in prison or in jail. So it's just kind of an incredible connection between kind of family structure and flourishing kids and some of especially flourishing young men. We're talking with Brad Wilcox, professor and director of the National Marriage Project at the University of Virginia, about his book, his new book, Get Married. Now, you've been getting some pushback for this, and in this article that I mentioned from the New York Post, you're not the only one. When others have, other experts have talked about the really the good signs of marriage and what that means to society and children. The pushback is huge. For example, the article talks about Melissa Kearney, University of Maryland economist, who was warned by colleagues not to publish her recent book, The Two-Parent Privilege, How Americans Stopped Getting Married and Started Falling Behind. So those of you who are looking at the secular research and putting this out there are getting some pushback. And this is just so crazy upside down because, as I said, we're, we're seeing more and more studies coming out about how lost children are. They have no hope. They're not happy. They're turning to drugs. The CDC just put out a report just recently showing how many young people are turning to alcohol and drugs because there is a huge sense of what? Of hopelessness. And we see about these studies on loneliness and everything else, and yet they don't want to hear it. Yeah, I think that the issue here is is really twofold. One is what I call the minus mindset, and that's about kind of this focus on, you know, doing things your own way, oftentimes with a career orientation, and family can be seen as an obstacle to, to that. But I think the other piece here is there's a kind of a progressive idea, what I call the family diversity myth, that every single kind of family form is equally valuable that there's no particular value to marriage, and that all the kids need is love and money, and marriage has nothing to do with love and money. So those two different things, the modest mindset and then the family diversity myth, are you know, two of the cultural factors that I think make it difficult to underline the importance of marriage and family for our kids. Now, what about the issue of, of cohabitation? Because we see a lot of couples still choosing living together, even though there's a lot of research to show that that doesn't help if you're getting married. Those who live together have a less likelihood of the marriage succeeding. So what does your research show? Does, does your research add to that? So I've got colleagues, Dr. Scott Stanley and Dr. Galena Rhodes at the University of Denver, have looked at this issue. What they find is that sort of the biggest risk when it comes to cohabitation is what's called sliding into a relationship rather than deciding to be together. And what they're seeing is a lot of couples say just kind of slide into intimacy, both sort of physical and emotional intimacy, and then just slide into kind of living together. They've never really been deliberate about kind of figuring out if they're a good fit for one another, if they've got common goals for a future. And it's kind of just you know, moving in together without any kind of plan for marriage. It's the most risky for your future when it comes to both the quality of your marriage and the stability of your marriage. And by contrast, couples are much more kind of decisive. We're talking about common goals, making sure that they're on the same page, moving slowly, both physically and emotionally, um, towards marriage, are much more likely to be flourishing. So that's one piece of the evidence that I've seen recently in competition. The other, I think, piece of evidence that's most um, striking is some work done by a professor at Stanford just kind of showing that the more partners you have, probably partners you have prior to marriage, the more likely you are to land in divorce court. So um, the bottom line here is that kind of taking a more deliberate approach to dating, uh, to relationships, and moving more slowly, both physically and emotionally, looks like you know, the most sensible strategy right. when it comes to finding a mate. Now, before we let you go, I know you have a class to teach, and, and thank you for joining us this morning. Really appreciate it. But it is amazing to me in the research when, that you pulled together. You're not going at this from a, a Catholic or an evangelical or a conservative perspective. You're just looking at the social science. And so they're still trying to label you as this uber-conservative and claiming that you're trying to push these certain things out there, some of the media articles that I've seen on your book. And, and, and we, we've had you on before. This isn't your first rodeo with dealing with this kind of thing from the culture. 
So what can we do to, to talk to people about this and get them to realize that the, the natural law, actually if we're having a conversation with a person of faith, obviously this supports what we teach in our faith. But what would you suggest to have a, a try to have a level-headed conversation about this with someone before we let you go, Brett? Yeah, I, I think the point that I make is just to sort of point to some, you know, of our older thinkers who are who are not Christian, um, and not Catholic, you know, like Aristotle, who said that we're social animals, and to kind of build our discussion around this whole issue of sort of marriage and family with the recognition that we're hardwired to connect, and that most cultures and contexts have managed to sort of build their family electric civilizations around marriage, and given that kind of pattern, you know, what of conclusions can we draw about the value today of forging strong civil families, not just for ourselves and for our kids, but for our communities and for the civilization at large. In terms of, and I, I'm pleased to just let me know, good news, I have another two minutes with you if you can hang on. I know you have to go real soon, but I just, I, I just want to get this in because it's so important. First of all, before we let you go, where do we get the book, Get Married? Uh, Amazon's great, um, and you can get it also at Barnes Noble and BradBullcox.com. Okay, now do you think, given this book and other information that's out there, because this isn't, again, your first rodeo, there's tons of research out there, that sooner or later people are going to start waking up and realize that doing, getting married, that this is a good thing, not a bad thing, and that making a commitment, sacrificing, this is how you're going to be truly happy, not keeping it all to yourself. Do you think we're getting to that point? Are people starting to wake up? The short term, I think, is still pretty bleak. Um, there's just so many forces by social media that us away from, you know, forging strong civil marriages. But I think the science is very strong here, and we are some subcultures, um, including, you know, religious ones, have gotten this mess and are internalizing it and becoming much more influential about how they're approaching not only dating, but also uh, <clears throat> equipping uh, couples who are already married to flourish. And one ministry, for example, is Communia, which is doing a great job with Catholic and Protestant churches across the U.S. So I would think that this would be, speaking of uh, Catholic and Protestant churches, something that might be good to share in uh, marriage prep or engaged encounters and things like that. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's helpful for people to know that um, not only is marriage really important for them and for their kids, but to also know that there are things that they can do to strengthen their marriage. So in my book, for instance, I talk about the importance of communion, and one example of that is regular date nights. Couples who have regular date nights are much happier and less prone to divorce. I talk also about the importance of cash, especially having a husband who's a stable, reliable breadwinner. That's also a huge predictor of avoiding divorce court. So these are some of the kinds of things that pre could stress. And, of course, most importantly in that context, what my research shows is that folks who attend church are about 30 to 50 percent less likely to end up getting divorced. Yeah. Brad, great work. Thank you so much for your courage in putting this out there continually. The book is Get Married. Why Americans Must Defy the Elites, Forge Strong Families, and Save Civilization by Brad Wilcox. We'll be right back.